I wouldn't even know how to do that. What do you do? Just like walk up to random people and go, hey, blah, 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 sports. Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, episode 62, the NFL decides to take over yet another week with big-time trades. We break down Devontae Adams to the Raiders, Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins, Deshaun Watson to the Browns, and Matt Ryan to the Colts. Oh yeah, and March Madness, the best weekend of the year, happened as well, overshadowed again by the NFL. Email us at dsethepodcast at gmail.com, at dsepodcast on Twitter, dsethepodcast on Instagram. Rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. If you give us a five-star review, we will read it on the pod. And Spotify now has ratings too for podcasts, so give us five stars there as well. With that out of the way, as always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman. Alongside me tonight and every night is, a, is one person who did not get traded this week, Tim Reinhardt. Welcome, Tim. Feel like everybody got traded. How did I? How did I get left out of the? How am I the one that's uh, left without a chair? You know. I know we we had some uh, we had some offers for some pretty big podcasts for you this week, but oh yeah, uh, you know uh, it wasn't quite enough to uh, to get the job done. How, how so. many? How many? Uh, how many draft picks? It it was like uh, it was like two first round pod picks. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but that's. Uh, just, you know, I, I value more like four first rounders. Oh, wow. So, you know, nobody wanted to pay the price. So. Okay. Well, so here you are. I'll, still I'll here. stick it out. I, I mean, I'm happy to be a part of the team. I'm, I'm happy to, <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. So, um, glad, glad we could, I'm glad it didn't work out as a matter of fact. Yeah, there you go. This is where you wanted to be all along. Yes. Those rumors were all, were all just rumors. Now, can we say the same thing for, uh, for Tyreek Hill. Well, I mean, you know, I, we'll start with that one because it kind of happened this afternoon, yeah. like just a couple hours ago. Um, when you texted that me worth- that, I thought it was a joke because I I've well, been it- running around at work and I hadn't really been on social media or anything at all. And you were like, Tyreek, you sent me the the like screenshot of the tweet. I was like, come on, this is not, <laughs> this can't be real. And sure enough, it was. Well. I mean, it kind of felt like it wasn't real because there was like a series and, I, and I'm not like on Twitter all day uh, just to, you know, put my uh, bona fides out there. But I, I, I have set up my alerts in such a way that I get alerts for fantasy football type things. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was just kind of weird how it came across. It was just kind of like earlier in the day, it was like, oh, Tyreek Hill and the the um the chiefs didn't come to uh, an agreement you know uh they've kind of given him uh, the opportunity to seek a trade and then a couple hours later they're like Kansas City Chiefs are considering him gone and then it was like Terry Kill is going to get traded to the the Dolphins or the Jets and then it was the Dolphins all in all in the matter of like 4 hours this whole thing happened um it was just so kind of compressed how it was reported um but Ultimately, the 
I, I believe from the reporting that it came down to um, the Jets accepted, ex, or I'm sorry, the uh, Chiefs pretty much accepted the Jets and the Dolphins offers as pretty similar. Um, no first round pick in the Jets potential offer, but similar draft compensation levels. Mm. Um, but Tyree Kill went to the Dolphins. Um, so, and they gave him a gigantic contract, the biggest contract passing DeFonde Adams, big contract from. Uh, earlier this week, biggest contract of the week. Um, Well, no, for a a wide receiver, certainly. Um, So I guess, yeah, your first impressions, and then we can break this down from each each team's side. I I actually have a a question before you do that. What I haven't seen, what was the Jets offer? You said there were no first rounders in it? There was no first rounders in it. Yeah, it was like um, uh, where where the... um, the uh, Dolphins offered um, uh, late first, and theirs had an early second in it. Um, okay, I think I think it was this year's early second. Um, yeah, the Dolphins the Dolphins gave up number twenty nine and number fifty this year, um, and and I believe the the offer was more for like uh, you know a second and uh maybe a future second yeah. something like that okay. so the packages uh, what i read were were pretty similar size wise but didn't include a first round pick okay so all right i i had not i had not seen that i, I makes me feel a little bit better about what the jets were trying to do i all right well from whose standpoint what standpoint do we want to look at well let's let's take there's three different sides here um Let's there's the the chief side, the dolphin side, and then we can talk about fantasy football side right. if you want value wise. Exactly. Um, so take your take your pick there and we'll go from there. OK, so I guess it just it sounds like the chiefs have made a calculation that they have. They, they couldn't have that much money tied up into effectively two players because he's, he's what he's making. I don't know if it's what he's making exactly, but it's an average of thirty million dollars a year now. Is that correct? In the extension, yeah that that kicks in um, after after this upcoming year. Okay, so this season he's still under his previous contract. All right. Yes. So, I think the Chiefs um, realize that they have some holes, they have some deficiencies, and you know they. They ran themselves. Uh, they didn't get off to the greatest start. They um, obviously got hot and uh, you know had that spectacular win against um, against the Bills. But just as close as they were to winning that game, they were as close as to losing it. And so they were they were a uh, you know a, a tiny hair away from not making it back to the AFC Championship game. And I think. You know, there, there's probably a few things that they're thinking, which is, all right, we have some holes we got to figure out, and we can't fill them when um, two guys are eating up that much salary cap space. And maybe they think, all right, we've got the right offense, we have the right quarterback, let's go use these draft picks to draft, you know, um, call it a Chris Olave um, or or somebody somebody of similar ilk, and Let's watch Mecole Hardman, for example, um, increase in or not not increase in value, but but continue to get better. So I I don't know that they see Tyreek Hill as replaceable, but they um, they certainly realize that they need to 
they, they couldn't. I guess they, they just couldn't keep him. I, I kind of like. I kind of like the move from their perspective, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, I think it comes down to what you know. We talk a lot about the flexibility that teams can have when they have a rookie quarterback on a cheap deal, and this is kind of the opposite of that. Even though how good Patrick Mahomes is, he still costs an, a huge amount, and they couldn't just give Tyreek Hill whatever he wanted. Um, right. So, you know, I think a lot of teams can avoid the cap, but eventually there are times when it comes uh, to to hurt you. You know, and, and similar to uh, the Packers as well, which we'll talk about. Um, so I think they had a line that they could go to and he didn't, he felt like he could get more and obviously he could get more. Yeah. Um, basically in the open market. Um, so that is kind of what I thought about it from Kansas City side. I think they make themselves probably slightly worse this year, but they have Patrick Mahomes. So I think they still have a chance to be a, a Super Bowl contender, and it it might make them better down the line if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like they, they take a step back this year to hopefully, in, in their case, um, make themselves better uh, going forward. This year is his year, his age twenty eight season, and he right. is a speed based uh, player. So yeah. uh, as he gets older, that speed is you know as we've seen with a lot of players, everybody except for Tom Brady. Well, he, he doesn't um, have the speed, but yeah. <laughs> right. He never had the speed, so it never left him. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, that sort of speed goes first. And as he gets into, you know, 2024 and he costs $20 million, uh, his cap hit is $24 million. Um, is he going to be as dangerous for the defense as he was this year? And we saw teams right. kind of, play defense in a different, different way. way and almost contain him, not contain him, but like slow him down to 10 catches for a hundred yards versus three catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns, yeah. you know? Um, so I think maybe that, I mean, he's going to, so that's from Kansas city side. I think they, they're going to try to reboot there. Um, they got Juju Smith Schuster um, who I was thinking was in a good position because he'd be a wide receiver two on that team. And he plays better as a wide receiver two than wide receiver one, but now he's a wide receiver one again. Um, I, I so think Kansas they're going to be just fine this year. I really do. Yeah. No, I think I, I agree with you. I, I think maybe it's, it's a small step back probably for their offense, yeah. but the financial flexibility that they get will give them an opportunity to be better two and three years from now um, as Patrick Mahomes is, uh, contract continues on. Right. Um, one mock draft I'm just quickly looking at has them grabbing Jamison Williams with that 29th pick, which would be really, really good for them um, yeah. to grab a, a player with the speed uh, like Tyreek Hill, you know, if, speed wise, um, coming off an injury, yep, who would then, ACL, you know, right? come along slowly this year. But, you know, um, I, they got draft capital. They're going to have, yeah, I, I think this is a. The more we're talking about it, the more I think it is a a big win for um, for the Chiefs. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about it from Miami side. Um, they obviously get Tyree Kill, give up a couple of picks. They still have uh, a ton of picks, including first rounders next year uh, from San Francisco and their own. 
So they are um, without without a draft pick this year because they traded it to the Eagles last year. But next year they still are fine. Um, they add Tyree Kill to their offense um, to to doubling down on Tua, giving him some some weapons there. What do you think about that? Yeah, so it it is a it, it's a I don't know if it's a double down. Um, it certainly is a we're gonna find out pretty quick if you're the guy. Um, kind of move. And I guess you think about how, um, what, what, what's the coach's name down at McDaniel? Um, uh, Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Um, the way that he utilized like a Debo Samuel in, uh, the 49ers offense makes you get excited, I suppose, about how, Tyreek Hill could be utilized in in his in that offense. Um, I, I do think we are going to see pretty quick what uh, what Tua is made of, and I, I think that's part of this. Is all right. We're we're either going to be good, or we're going to find out Tua is not the answer, and then we got to go get we got to go get another quarterback. And when we do, uh, we have uh, Waddle and Hill, and should help ease the transition for any new quarterback that might come in. Right. And I think, you know, it's, it's becoming, I don't know, maybe this is, I, I'm trying to fit these round holes into square pegs, but what I, what you can see with these teams with the young quarterbacks is first things first, find a young quarterback on a rookie deal. Number two, surround that player with weapons and right. then make improve, have that rookie prove or young quarterback prove that they are a uh, high quality quarterback in the NFL right so above average good good a good quarterback I'd say um, and then build out the defense uh, to make that team into um, a championship type contender we've seen the Chargers into stage three on that right they got Herbert they put weapons around them and now they're in stage three putting defensive pieces around the whole team um, right. Whereas you see teams like Jacksonville and uh, the Dolphins doing step two, uh, trying to put weapons around their young quarterbacks, hoping them for them to prove that they are that that top tier of a quarterback. Yep. Whether it works out or not, uh, you know, we'll see. But um, that's kind of what I see here is they're saying, OK, to a, like l- prove to me that you can play with these kind of weapons. And right. I think Tyreek Hill fits Tua's play a little bit better than maybe a traditional type number one. Um, you mentioned the Mike McDaniel thing that I didn't even think about um, with with running Tyreek Hill a little bit more. Um, but Tua's game is kind of short passes and also like really long bombs. Like if you remember from the championship game in Atlanta or uh, in college, I'm sorry. It might have been in Atlanta. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's very possible. It could have been. Yeah, he threw a bunch of like really long uh, passes that were, you know, not straight line passes, loopy ones, but like 50 yards down the field. Yeah. Um, that were that were quite good, but his his area where he struggles is kind of those deep straight line outs. Right, where you got to push the ball. In, yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't thrive in those. The arm strength is is not yeah. right there. So like Tyree Kill fits that a little bit better because he can go quick throws or way over the top throws. Um, 
and, and none of that kind of 20 yard outs that you'd see from a big wide receiver, like, I don't know, Justin Jefferson or something yeah. like that, where you get these big Mike Evans types who are, who are doing kind of corner outs uh, 20 yards down the mm. field. So I think uh, from, from Miami's perspective, it, it is, um, you know, I hesitate to use all in because everybody seems like they're all in right now, but um, just a case of, uh, proving it, having the quarterback prove it. Here's your weapons. You have no excuse. Um, you have Waddle. You have Hill. They have they kept Gesicki. Um, I believe they improved their offensive line, um, and so we'll see that. You know, it's a prove it season for Tua. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna find. Otherwise, out. they're off the train. We're gonna find yeah. that out, and I, I I do think that you're right in general. Though the clock is is gonna tick pretty quick for. I mean, Tua's now entering his third year. Yeah. Um, so he was a first-round draft pick. And so let's say that he is the the right. You're going to have a very similar problem on your hands in just probably two years where you're going to like, well, he, his con- you're going to extend him for the fifth-year option, say, and then or, – or you won't um, – but if in the in the world where everything works, you're going to extend them for the fifth year option, and then after that, you're going to have to devote way too much salary cap to those two those two spots. Um, and to say nothing of the fact what you said earlier, which is Tyree Kill, three years from now may not be what Tyree Kill is right now. Right, and I think that's why this this year and next year, to that extent, are the prove it years for for Tua and for Miami. Um, you know, we we'll talk about this with Baker Mayfield, but no quarterback has played for the team that drafted him on that fifth year option. He's either been extended, or traded, or cut, right. or something like that. So um, you have four years basically to decide if you want to give this guy an extension or get rid of him. Um, yeah. And so Tua is on on year three, uh, and so he's got those two years to sort it out. And Tyreek Hill is probably going to be good enough. For those two years, for him to prove it, You'd, so that's what now, that's what they're looking. That's for. assuming if he can stay on the field, had the off the field stuff. That that's the main thing. Like that, I was happy that um, that the Jets didn't get him. Is I don't know when he's going to have run into another issue and get get suspended. Um, so right. I, I I would rather that be someone else's problem. It's now it's now the Dolphins' problem, and um, I. I I guess you hope nothing like that ever happens. I just worry that it could. Right. I mean, yeah, he's certainly not a, a person that I would want to root for. Um, right. Pretty pretty clearly. Um, Teron Armstead, the, the top left tackle from the Saints, is uh, who Miami also yes, signed. Okay. To, to, so that gives them a left tackle, a, a top a number one wide receiver, and they, they retained their, their top um, tight end. So, like, no excuses this year for Tua. Yeah. Um, and that's what it's looking at. So from a fantasy perspective, um, I'll give you a quick hits on this. Uh, Tyreek Hill's value um, going from Kansas City to Miami. Up, down, same. Decreases. Decreases. Um, value, whose value goes up the most in Kansas City? Um. Kelsey Hardman, Hardman, some rookie Hardman. Hardman. Yeah. Hardman was drafted as a 
uh, Tyreek Hill kind of replacement. So it'll be interesting to see. I like I like him he's, if he actually does he's it. He's a fun player. Yeah, there's a, there there is now a good amount of volume to go around there. It'll be very interesting to see who who captures it. Pringle, Hardman, yep. you know, they've got all sorts Pringle, of Pringle. Yeah, yeah, they got a lot of guys, and especially if they add a first rounder to that, it should be um, should be quite interesting. Uh, so, um, you know, Jalen Waddle. I think also is down a little bit yep. as well with, with competition and targets there yep. in Miami. He had, um, it says on my screen here, I'm just looking at it, uh, 104 receptions last year, most receptions ever by a rookie. Uh, so he, those numbers certainly will go down for him with, with competition and targets. I, I, um, I do think Jusecki's may increase just because of how it will open up space on the field. Right. Yeah. Especially if, if defenses play that kind of uh, Chiefs defense where they, they play way back. Um, I'm not sure they will initially with Tua, but if if a couple teams get burned, they might start doing it. Uh, and that would definitely open up space for Gesicki. Yeah. All right. Um, on to the next one. So let's let's stick with wide receivers yeah. here. So um, it feels like a million so years long, ago. I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> Just last week, after our last podcast, Devontae Adams was traded um, from the Packers. Uh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers is basically uh, blanky. Uh, Thirty, like over thirty percent of his targets went to Devontae Adams. Traded him to um, the Las Vegas Raiders for a first round pick, number twenty two, and the second round pick, number fifty three. So. Um, from what it seems like from the reporting is that the Packers offered um, Devontae Adams a similar contract to what he got in um, uh, the, with the Raiders, okay, which was the so. biggest uh, contract for a wide receiver until Devontae Ad- or until Tyreek Hill eclipsed that a week later. For a week, he had the biggest contract. Um, and Devontae Adams wanted to go elsewhere and reunite with um, his college quarterback, Derek Carr, um, and the Packers seemingly uh, honored his request. And by kind of doing, in my opinion, uh, by doing Devontae Adams a solid here, they didn't get, uh, well, they didn't get the return that I, I guess I, I expected yeah. they, they should have gotten. But looking at the Tyree Kill deal, it's fairly similar. So maybe that is the market for very expensive wide receivers. I don't know. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I it, it kind of it shocked us, I guess, but it sounds like this wasn't a shock really at all to the Packers. Like that Aaron Rodgers when he re-signed that that contract, I think the the going thought was this happened so they could make space um for Devontae Adams and then um, then when that happens, the, the internet was like, oh, Rogers has got to be really angry. And it, it seems like, I don't know, um, I guess this, th- this is like one of those affirming stories, like, okay, I guess like things beyond money and like this person wanted to, wanted to play for this team that he grew up rooting for, wanted to play with his college roommate. And or as college quarterback, um, that it's yes, it's about dollars and cents, but it's also about like wanting to be in a in a good good situation. 
Yeah, and I, I think this this one kind of reminded me of an NBA style trade, like where James Harden is like, I want to go to the Sixers, and Brooklyn's like, All right, fine. And they trade him to the Sixers, right? Yeah. <laughs> where Devontae Adams is like, I want to go to the Raiders. Pseudo free agency. Yeah, and the Packers are like, okay, fine. And they trade him to whatever the Raiders are offering. Um and it, it actually quite seems like the going rate. I thought it was a highway robbery, in my opinion, at the time. Um but it seems like maybe the going rate. But all right, so I before we I, I drill in, Tim, I'll give you the opportunity. We'll talk about uh, Packers side, Raiders side, yeah. fancy football side. Your choice first. Packers side. Um, okay. I don't. I think this is going to sim- similar to. I I think they're they're going to be okay. Similar to how the Chiefs are going to be okay. Um, they're going to be able to, um, go draft a, go draft a wide receiver. They're going to go immediately play with a hall of fame quarterback. Um, and that moves, you know, everybody else up, um, in, 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 I guess the pecking order, so to speak, uh, for, for wide receivers in green Bay, like that, I, I, it's, it's going to hurt. It's probably going to hurt them more than. Kansas City is going to be hurt, but I think Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. They'll go. Be, they'll be able to go get somebody. I, I think they're going to be just fine. I, I, I'm not sure. Ooh, you're about less. That. You're less convinced. Less sure. Like I, I think this is a big step back for Green Bay just because of the fact of how many targets went to Devontae Adams. If you look at yeah. If you look at Kansas City, they have Kelsey right, and Mahomes is gets around on it on running and gets things done that way right. as well. Um, but so many targets, third, like an absurd amount, a third of the targets went to Devontae Adams. And every time that, that Rogers needed a first down, it went to Adams and they couldn't stop him. Everybody knew it was going to Adams and they couldn't stop him. Um, I think obviously they will likely invest in a wide receiver finally in the first round. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that connection that they had is just not something that can be replaced with just another player, in my opinion. Um, so I think they will be freed up to do something there, um, whether it's grabbing, you know, some of the, one of these players that's still left out there, like, um, you know, Beckham Jr. or, or you know, they kind of missed the, uh, the biggest part of the class, but... Uh, I, I just think that there is going to be a giant hole there. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I, I didn't realize um, Valdez Scantling was uh, was also currently a free agent. I thought he was still under contract. Um, so that yeah, looking at their depth chart, it's um, it's Lazard, who I think is very underrated, and Randall Cobb. Um, so there, there is, there, there is a bit of a hole there. I do think that, um, they have the ability to fill it, um, perhaps a bit of a step back. I, I, you convinced me a little bit, but I do think it, if it's a, if it's a rookie that comes in, what better spot to be in than Aaron Rodgers throwing you passes? Oh, I mean, I mean, if you're a rookie wide receiver, like you want to get there. 
or even Kansas City. Like there is going to be opportunities. Like you're gonna if you want to catch passes from a great quarterback, like you're you're telling your agent to like get me to the, these two places, right? Get me to the middle or the right. end of the first round. So so either of these teams can pick me because there's going to be a lot of targets to go around. There's going to be a lot of um, you know passes from hall of famers to catch like they're going to make you look good um so i think that the 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 rookie um or free agents that go here are going to be really um in in good shape so you know i think that's probably the from a fantasy perspective that's who's trending up whoever goes there yep um lots of opportunity um and from the what's your thought on the raiders perspective from the raiders perspective i think they looked at the the afc west um, I mean, this seems like a lot of Devonte Adams is maneuvering, but also the Raiders had to, you know, want to give that big contract. And I think they looked at the rest of the AFC West and said, well, okay, we can't, re- we can't upgrade a quarterback, uh, cause we have Derek Carr and he's good enough, right. Average to maybe slightly yeah. above average. Um, and where could they upgrade? Um, and wide receiver is definitely some place that they, uh, were struggling with depth last year, but with Hunter Renfro kind of uh, becoming uh, a possession receiver, catching, you know, over a hundred balls as well. Yep. And Darren Waller, their offense now has options. I think uh, they need to keep up with the Joneses in the NFC or AFC West. And I think they did in this case. We will see, you know, if their defense can stop them, but I don't know if any defenses in the AFC West are going to stop anybody. It's going to be, you know, shootout after shootout. Um, so I think this is uh, a good move for them. Devonte Adams is, um, you know, slightly uh, younger than Tyree Kill. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to say that off the top of my head. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but I, I think for some reason, I think he's going to age a little bit better into this uh, into this contract. So Devonte Adams is 29, and Tyree Kill is 28. So. Oh, I had a little bit older. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think this makes the Raiders better. Um, it gives, it gives Derek Carr more weapons. He's probably an underrated quarterback. Um, so I think they're very happy with how this turned out. Um, what if, what if you are in from a fantasy perspective and you know, you're the guy that always like wants to make sure you got Devonte Adams on your team. Is he going to be better uh, fantasy wise with the trader or or not what do you think i i would say this is a downgrade for Devonte adams i think yeah uh the target the number of target i've talked about this too many times already but the number of targets that he got in green bay is unparalleled uh and so he's definitely not going to get that i think he'll still be good but he's not going to be far away you're best wide receiver on the board. He's going to be sharing targets with Renfro going to be sharing targets with Waller. Um, they still run the ball a bit there. Um, Josh McDaniels is a little bit of a, a wild card um, because the last year's offense was probably different. Um, but just based on all of those uh, other players on offense, I think he's going to be anywhere from a slight to a medium downgrade for his, his yeah. stock there. Interesting. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, maybe a, a slight downgrade from Renfro for Renfro and Waller is probably stays about the same. Um, I don't know if anything changes much with him. He was hurt a little bit off and on. So um, 
you know, if anything, Renfro is going to get one-on-ones. Waller is going to get one-on-ones. Yeah. Probably with a linebacker. So it, it may help them. It's certainly going to help them from a football perspective, the Raiders. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, I think, you know, when you have such a crowded field like that over the long season, you're probably not going to see the big numbers from Devontae Adams. You could see one or two games at that level or higher, but I don't, I don't think that you're going to see the the season long average as high. Mm, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So, you know, big winner for whoever lands in green Bay um, and, and all the Oakland, Oakland, all the Las Vegas players, slight downgrade uh, for them. Um, anything else on this one before we go to no, the quarterbacks? It, it, that was the first, uh, the first shock of the week, I guess. And then uh, it yeah. ends with another shock. What, yeah, what so we, will be yeah, next? Who knows? Yeah, I know. We didn't go quite chronologically here, so um, we're jumping all over the place week-wise, but I, I wanted to kind of link those two wide receivers together because I kind of felt there was a little bit of a yeah. through line between both of them. Um, so the I guess the biggest uh, quarterback news, honestly, of, of the year besides Tom Brady unretiring was Deshaun Watson finally getting traded um, – and, you know, there was this whole rigmarole going back and forth. It was Cleveland was in on it. Um, the Saints and Carolina and the Falcons were in on it. Carolina was out. Cleveland was out. It was between the Saints and the Falcons. And then all of a sudden, um, Cleveland was back in it. Yeah. And and then and then all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson was traded to Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, who, by the way, a week later still has uh, Baker Mayfield on their roster. Um Baker Mayfield, who penned a very sad letter uh, right. to Cleveland before even the Deshaun Watson trade was uh, announced, uh, I guess, if you count um, any Adam Schefter tweets as, as announcing. But um, so Deshaun Watson, um, let me pull up the, the full thing here because we were talking about kind of like lesser deals. Um, this one was not lesser. Um so the Browns are giving up six, six draft picks. So uh, number 13 overall this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're number one next year. They're number one in 2024. And then uh, a fourth this year, a third next year, and a fourth in 2024. So six total draft picks, three number ones, three first. Um, including number 13 this year um, for Deshaun Watson and a, a late round draft pick way in the future. Um, so And a fully guaranteed and- contract. And yes, so the first ever in NFL history, if I if I'm not mistaken, the the Browns give out. Yeah. And so good point there, because I think what what happened here um, is that Deshaun Watson was uh, talking to all these teams and seeing who would give him the most money. Right. And the Texans are not Texans. The uh, the Browns kind of tapped out and said, you know what? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> we're good. And then he was going back and forth between a couple other teams. Carolina tapped out and then the Browns were like, you know what? Okay. We will give you the $46 million a year that you wanted. And you're fully guaranteed every single year. Um, they kind of dropped the, the Trump card on their uh, rest of the teams. And guess what? He's going to Cleveland. Surprise. He'd always wanted to go to Cleveland all along <clears throat> as long as they offered him right. $46 million a year. And the, the one thing here that I found and I'll stop talking in a minute, Tim. I apologize. Yeah, you're good. That I found diabolical about this whole thing was that somehow Deshaun Watson's salary 
next year is just a million dollars. It's $46 million the, every other year. Um, but the year where he potentially could get suspended for his conduct outside of the uh, yeah. field, uh, he negotiated a contract such that the punishment that he would get besides miss games uh, is quite muted uh, and barely anything at all from his perspective. And I don't know what the cap charge is uh, for him that year, but it allows them to hold on to Baker Mayfield for a year. If they believe that uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for a full season. So the cap hit just $10 million this year because of that. Um, so Baker Mayfield is has a, a higher cap hit than that <laughs> on his fifth-year option. One of the players, if he does play this year, ever to play on that that right. um, fifth-year option. I don't know, you know how amenable he would be to being that kind of caddy quarterback. Um, it didn't seem like he was when he wrote that note. Um, when there was just speculation. Honestly, what choice does he have? No one wants him. Like, well, if somebody well, wanted him, they would have gone. They would have swooped in and grabbed him already. There's enough quarterbacks. Yeah, so that's like, the weird thing. Yeah, you know, like the to the point where it maybe it's just smoke and mirrors because these teams do this stuff all the time. But um, the Seahawks said they'd rather go with Geno Smith. You know that that's that's where the Baker Mayfield market seems to be at. Like it, it just yeah, doesn't, and, and that's surprising. That's surprising to me. I mean, you know, that to me seems like a little bit of posturing. I mean, would you rather have Geno Smith and Drew Locke, or would you rather have Baker Mayfield? That's a tough question. I don't think Baker Mayfield is very good. Right. I mean, I don't think he's very good, but he's. I mean, he he's probably a. Like if you look at Carolina, you look at um, even Atlanta, Seattle, these teams that don't have any hope at quarterback at all, uh, even Detroit, like would he be an improvement for, for any of those teams? Um, given given full, full health, you know, which he wasn't last year. I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I really I've been down on Baker Mayfield since the day he was drafted and have believed him always to be a quarterback from a gimmicky system that was simplistic, that uh didn't have, you know him read very many things on the defense. You have one read, it's there, and if not, go run. Um and I just don't think he's really ever fully lived up to the hype that a he's built for himself doing all these you know i don't know what insurance company it is that he's uh shilling for on these commercials but he's he's putting he's kind of like putting himself in in these positions where i don't know it just doesn't like go out and like win and get a second contract before this is like that Mac Jones conversation. We're having like free start right. advertising and selling yours. I, I get, I want you guys to make every last dollar that you possibly can. So I, I, I don't begrudge that. It just is, it's not a great look. And I don't know that he's also got like this air of what seems to be this arrogance about him. And I, I don't know that teams are really 
gung-ho, especially if you already know you're going to rebuild. Why would you go trade for Baker Mayfield? Um, who's going to turn you from a three-win team to a six-win team and cost you eight spots in the draft? I don't know. Right. And and I think that's kind of what uh, the conundrum that Carolina got in um, last year with Sam Darnold. I think yeah. we kind of liked that move a little bit, but it, it any way that it turned out would have ended up bad for them. If Sam Darnold was really good, they would have had to pay Sam Darnold an extremely high amount of money. Um, if he was bad, then they just wasted a third rounder or whatever on nothing. And if he was mediocre, then they're, they were stuck in that morass again of like what they do with a quarterback. And so he was right. somewhere between bad and okay. <laughs> and it didn't solve any problems for them. And, uh, you know, they, they did win a couple of games early on and they are still stuck, you know, at number eight looking for uh, the answer at, at quarterback. So back to the Browns. Um, so I guess Browns, Houston fantasy. Um, what's your choice on this one? Uh, this one seems pretty clear to me. But. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it it's going to be um, Cleveland. Um, I just, you know, it doesn't, uh, you don't know how many games you're going to get. I, I, I think there's there's got to be a suspension that's coming before uh, before he steps on the field. I wouldn't be surprised if it was an entire season. Right. I mean, I think guessing what the the NFL's uh, consistency in things like this are is worse than their consistency in any other um, pass interference um, calls, arena yeah <laughs> yeah pass interference calls exactly um so guessing this uh seems like a fool's errand but based on his way he negotiated his salary it did seem like he anticipated some suspension um Maybe the whole year, maybe six games, maybe four games. Who knows? Um, call, call it this one. Could, call it yeah. six games. Yeah, I, is, I think six games. Is he yeah. going to be able? Uh, like, I know he's young, but it's he's not Le'Veon Bell. Is he going to be able to come right back and jump right in? Is he going to be the same quarterback? Know. You know, not having you know, nobody will have seen him for for eighteen months on a football field. Uh, I think the guess is being a younger, a young guy, a youngish guy. Um, the guess is yes, he would be able to. Um, but I think there is certainly some question marks around that. Um, you know, just just twenty seven this season. Uh, you know, quarterback year is different than wide receiver years, but I think that is definitely a question, right? What is he going to look like? Is he going to be able to adjust to the speed of the game? You know, NFC North is a tough division with a lot of kind of uh, good defenses in Pittsburgh and the Ravens and Tennessee, right? They, they're they all – Tennessee's in the south. Uh, the other team in the north is Cincinnati, Cincinnati. right, who, who has a high-flying offense and patched up their defense a little bit as well um, in their offensive line. So they'll, they'll be tough, all, all three of those teams. It would be such a Browns thing if – he gets banged for half the season, and then they have a. He turns out to not be, not be terrible, but not be as great as he once was. And uh, they've guaranteed an entire full, a fully guaranteed contract. I mean, that would be 
Boy, <laughs> that would be that would be that would be uh, disaster upon disaster. Yeah, um, Brownsian level disaster. Um, but you know, if he comes back and he plays at the level that he played previously in the NFL, I think the Browns are a uh, Super Bowl contender. Um, they are, you know, geared up to try to win the Super Bowl in the next couple of years. So, um, given a non-year-long suspension, I think they are probably looking to to make the playoffs and make a deep run uh, with uh, with Jason Watson. So, All right. um, they they are they, you know, on the field. Uh, you know, I think they are the big winner. They are the big winners here. Houston obviously gets uh, an end to this uh, uncertainty. The Davis Mills era uh, continues it, in Houston. It is ongoing, yeah. And they have another, you know, they have a, a two more first-round picks uh, to use. So I think this this goes full-on rebuild for Houston. Not that there wasn't already, um, but the big winner there and big winner fantasy-wise, dynasty fantasy, if you're, if you're holding Davis Mills, you snagged him. Um, you got a starting quarterback there. Uh, and who knows what they're going to do in the draft. Houston, they got so many needs. They could go a wide receiver as well. Uh, you know, replace if Brandon Cooks is still around, who knows? Um, they certainly could use a wide receiver. So um, that player would, would, would jump into a place where there's lots of um, lots of catches to go around as well. Okay. Yeah. And um, Houston side, Houston side's pretty obvious. Um he wasn't playing for them ever again, and they get um, a bunch of picks and, and to to speed up their rebuild. Yeah, so I think it's. A, I think it, he was if he was done there, this is a good move for them. Yeah, so they're picking three and thirteen now, so they have a lot of power in the top, you know, half of the first round of the, the draft this year. So that that should help them because they didn't have any last year, um, and it didn't have any to like the third or fourth round. Um, Davis Mills being their first pick <laughs> yeah and uh that would be quite funny if he turned out to be a good enough uh quarterback for them uh, i think he, you know he took strides last year yeah yeah well well definitely we definitely worth a, a play there in houston um on a rebuilding squad all right so the last one um well the last one on our list not the last one chronologically but was um another you know it's interesting to me how all of these kind of teams got un all of, you know, we talk about the carousel, but how all of these other teams involved in the Deshaun Watson trade discussions got kind of, um, there's ripple effects, right? right. So the Saints signed back, um, uh, what's his name that they had? Jameis Winston. Winston. Um, so they, they lost out on that. So they, they signed back um, Jameis Winston the Atlanta Matt Ryan was like, well, I guess I'm chopped liver because you're going for Deshaun Watson. He gets then traded for a um, late third round pick um, to the Colts. Yep. And um, then, you know, becomes the starting quarterback there. And the Falcons seemingly just signed Marcus Mariota to, uh, I guess, start. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, Why not? It's, yeah, why not? So, um, seems like maybe they're tanking for a, a, a Bryce Young type uh, situation next year. Um, but so let's talk about this. I guess let's start on the side of Matt Ryan and the Colts here. Matt, it's going to be weird to see him in a Colts uniform in that white. But um, what do you think about this from from the Colts' perspective? 
Yeah, so they I, I, it's a it's probably a quarterback upgrade from where they were last year. Um, yep. So I think the Colts are not exactly in a in a rebuild. They have the team. Um, they just need the quarterback, and I actually think this makes them a um, a, a pretty solid contender. Um, they were almost in the playoffs. They should have been in the playoffs uh, with Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan's better. Um, so I think this gives it's a it's a better situation for everybody uh, for Matt Ryan. It's a better situation for the Colts. Yeah, I'm, I'm in 100 percent agreement there. Matt Ryan goes to a better situation with a better team. Um, the Colts get a quarterback who is better, maybe more consistent is maybe the better word. Um, the Carson Wentz highs are maybe not as high with Matt Ryan, but that's that's debatable. But the lows are certainly not as low. Um, so they get a, more of a consistent veteran presence that they wanted to get with Wentz and did not get with Wentz. Um, as far as Matt Ryan from a fantasy perspective, I mean, he's not a um, top tier quarterback, but if you're in a double quarterback league, uh, I think that this is going to definitely help him um, with a better team, better weapons. Um, but it'll probably be more like a, a, a run game and defense kind of team um, that doesn't ask him to do too much. So he's not going to be, I mean, the, the upside is not there fantasy wise. Um, Pittman had a lot of yards. This will probably keeps Pittman about the same as well in, in Indianapolis. Um, as for Atlanta, I mean, Mary, I, I sent this that Desmond Ritter, the like, I don't know. When's Desmond Ritter mocked now? Um, end of the first, maybe, um, Desmond Ritter, yeah, he's at end of the first is where he's mocked right now. He is the uh, mainland Marcus Mariota, and Marcus Mariota goes to Atlanta, and Atlanta suddenly um, has a need for a quarterback. So combining those two players together would give them a uh, um, two players very similar um, playing styles. Do you think that they are really going to start Mariota? Uh, if they draft a rookie, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Mariota starts. Or I'm sorry, if they draft a rookie quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised if Mariota starts um, the season before giving way, kind of like a, like happened a little bit in, um, uh, what do you call it, um, in uh, Miami with, uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua. Yeah, I mean, they are in that, that, range in the first round where they could go after a quarterback. Um, They're behind Carolina. They're behind Detroit, who's suddenly buzzing about Malik Willis. Um, So they could, you know, you I, I don't that? know what they do. Do you believe there. that? Do, do you think um, that that's true or, or is that some, some kind of smoke somehow? I don't know who would be benefited by it, but. Right. There's definitely smoke about it. I've heard, I, I heard it on a podcast and then I saw that, that um, tweet about it that I sent to you. Yeah. Um, there's definitely smoke around and I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, unless Detroit really falls in love with Malik Willis. Um, I don't see why you would do that this year when you could probably get a better 
quarterback next year. And it's not like they're going to be, it's not like they need to start the clock on that quarterback, you know, um, better to start the clock, that four year clock next year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you believe, do you believe uh, that uh, Detroit is leaning quarterback there? No, I don't know. I'm trying to, I, 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 I won't admit to wasting too much brain power on this. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I did think uh, for a brief moment when I got that text, I was like, all right, so who, who could be putting this out there? Like, and what is their, like the, the problem is, the, there's only one spot higher, so no, right. and I don't think anybody's trading up to one or jumping up to one to get him. So I, I, I don't know who it benefits, but it does feel too too odd and uh, odd. But I mean, great if it's if that's how it goes. I mean, um, as a fan, um, that gives the Jets more more uh, more choices at four. So right. Exactly. And and I guess the only the only scenario that I could think about would that be the Lions are saying to Carolina and Atlanta and Seattle at six, eight and nine, like if you want this guy, you gotta come get him through us. Right. Otherwise we'll just pick him. We like him, so we'll go we'll just pick him. Yeah. If you really like him, then you give us the bounty that we think we deserve, and then you can come get him at two. You know, that's the only, that's the only scenario I could think of why other than them liking him, (laughs) um, that it would come out kind of this, you know, this much smoke about it. Well, I mean, this is, this is our favorite part of the draft, uh, is analyzing the, the smoke, uh, what is real? Is there actual fire or is, is somebody, you know, uh, blowing smoke, uh, to, to, to benefit their own needs? Right. Yeah. I do. I do like this analysis a lot um, because, you know, similar with last year where we're kind of like, well, what did the, what did the 49ers do coming up to three with no plan? Did they actually have no plan or are they saying they have no plan? Ah, I love it. I love that, that kind of speculation that reading the tea leaves, trying to figure out what each team is thinking. um, It's enjoyable. Um, And NFL draft and the NBA draft are, are both very, very good for that. Um, anything else on the Matt Ryan trade? It seems this one's also pretty straightforward um, from a from a value perspective. No, I think I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So NFL takes over um, yet again. Um, what was supposed to be the March Madness week, uh, and it was March Madness still did happen, but NFL again kind of sucked all the air out of the room. And the reason that we talked about it for fifty minutes at the top of the podcast. Um, so let's pivot to March Madness. Okay. Um, I know you didn't have St. Peter's. Which um, is like, why didn't I? Because I, I didn't yeah. know they were from Jersey City. I, I had no idea. <laughs> if they were from Jersey City, you probably would have picked, picked them. Picked I would have picked them yeah. to go to the yeah. suite. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like I should at least get credit for that. That I would yeah. have it, picked them. You would have. Yeah. <laughs> to go yeah. to the suite. Well, you know, having... You know, hindsight being twenty twenty, yeah. I think we we all would have had perfect brackets. Um, you know, I or maybe yeah, I wouldn't have because I don't remember is, exactly. This is a thing year. that I do. I pick I pick New Jersey teams. I pick <laughs> Big Ten teams. Right. I, like this is my game. Um, and yeah. I'm I'm upset that I missed out on that. So, well, the first Jersey team in the Sweet Sixteen since like uh, 
I don't know. Like it's been Hall like at some point. I think it was the the coach of. Um, let me see. Let me see if I can find it because I saw it. It was like kind of a, a good stat. Um, it was the first f- Final Four team um, from New- our first uh, Sweet Sixteen team from New Jersey since uh, sixteen team oh, from New Jersey. Princeton. They made the Sweet Sixteen when I was in high school. I remember that. Um, since two thousand. So the first Sweet 16 team from 2000, NorthJersey.com, your, your local. That is, uh, that is my local paper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, the local paper's website. Uh, yeah. Something about Princeton sounds right. Um, that could be it. That, that certainly could be it. Who's the coach of St. Peter's? Because I recognize his the, I think his the name. coach of St. Peter's went to Seton Hall, though. Okay, Seton Hall, a New Jersey, a New Jersey team. Yeah, yeah, Seton Hall in two thousand. Yes, exactly. Holloway is the coach of yeah. the, the coach of. Um, he was on Seton Hall in two thousand when they went to the Sweet Sixteen. Yes, so that that's uh, that's what I was looking for. Um, so, which is surprising to me. Not that New Jersey is a big basketball state, but not particularly. You know, that's I mean but... that's twenty one, twenty two years for one state not to have a single team in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, yeah, a little bit crazy. Obviously, St. Peter's a 15 seed, uh, upsetting Kentucky, and yeah, then upsetting Murray State. Um, they're a great team to to root for. I love to see those kind of underdogs. I believe they were like a I don't know, at least 20 to one to to beat Kentucky. So yeah, um, a big upset there. Obviously, uh, in our bracket competition, TJ is is winning mm-hmm. um, between the two of us. Uh, <laughs> I lost Kentucky in my final four and I lost Tennessee in my final four. Um, every upset that I picked did not happen. So, uh, I had a pretty rough one. Yeah. I similar in my, in my serious, what I quoted as my serious bracket, um, only Duke, uh, is left of the final four teams. So that's trouble. And then in my um, my what I labeled my Big Ten bracket, which is where I picked my, you know, did my New Jersey schools, Big Ten schools, that whole deal. Um, I have um, one team remaining as well, and that is Purdue. But I would gladly see Purdue lose if it means St. Peter's advances. Right, and obviously, even in your Big Ten bracket, you don't pick Michigan. No, they, that... uh, okay. they went out in the first yeah. round. That's correct. Okay, <laughs> so I get it. That, that, and I feel like good. we had this conversation. I feel like we had this conversation last year, which is like, would you rather have Michigan go far to represent the Big nope. Ten, or would you have them lose in the first round? Lose in the first round. And that answer. Yeah. Um, so yet again, Michigan, um, you know, uh. taking the Big Ten mantle. Um, they and. Between them and Purdue, you know, whichever one loses first will be the the farthest one to go, um, in in as a Big Ten team. Um, the the Gonzaga, Gonzaga obviously um, had a couple of challenges, but mm-hmm. that, still moving on. Uh, Kansas's bracket looks pretty easy ish now with Auburn out. Um, you know, they've got teams like Providence and, and ten or eleven Miami or USC. Yeah, USC or Iowa State on the other side, so they're they're looking, they're sitting a little bit pretty to get to the final four. Um, well, let's and 
let's go ahead and all right. So real quick, uh, I'll run down the games. You 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 pick it. Yeah, let's do them. Let's do all it. Right, let's so do Gonzaga it. Memphis. Um, it's Gonzaga Arkansas now. They've just beat Memphis. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yep, Gonzaga Arkansas. Yep. Um, this is going to be a really good game. I think Arkansas is a tough three seed. I still like the Zags here. All right, I'm going to pick Arkansas on that one. Okay. Texas Tech Duke. Are you are you writing this down? Um, I I will. Okay, I will now. All right. Um, <laughs> my my record would show that I'm going to get like pretty much every one single one of these wrong. Okay, so so I should just pick opposite you. Okay, cool. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah. If you want to win, you do. Yeah. So you picked you picked Gonzaga. Yeah, I picked Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. Um, Texas Tech Duke. I like Texas Tech. I think they're I think they're a really good team. All right. uh, I think they're they're tough defense, good offense. I think they'll shut down. I there. will pick Duke. Um North Carolina UCLA. Man, this is a tough one. Um so one podcast that I listen to every year the host does a championship formula uh, where he has certain criteria that every champion in the last 30 years has had except for one okay um and and that was the um that surprise uconn team uh, i don't know 20 years ago or so um their coach has to have been in this in the sweet 16 they have to have a, a you know a top 20 offense top 20 defense and a top 20 um uh, strength of schedule um so of there was three teams in there uh Gonzaga, I think, has played themselves in there. Arizona was in there. Kansas was in there. And UCLA was in there. Interesting. Um, so I'm going to go with UCLA. Okay. So will I. Okay. Uh, Purdue St. Peter's. Um, I would love to see St. Peter's, but I'm going to go with Purdue. Okay. I'm going with St. Peter's. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, now to the other side of the bracket. Um, yeah. Arizona, Houston. Man, I really like Houston. I picked against them wrongfully um, in the first round, but I really like Houston. This is a game that I wish was on at a regular time. So oh, tomorrow night, this game's 10, on. 8, I think 10 at like p.m. 10 p.m. Um, yeah. So brutal time for us us on the uh, uh, yeah East Coast. And and you know with these es- their estimated times, it's going to end right. up starting at like ten twenty probably. Um, so I'm going to go. This is a really for a one five. Arizona's only favored by one and a half. So this is a toss up. Um, I'm going to take Houston. So am I. Screw it. Yeah. Uh, Michigan Villanova. Villanova. Same. Um, all right. Kansas Providence. Uh, I'm going to go with Kansas. I think they have, obviously I talked about their path. I think it's pretty good. Kansas. I like Kansas as well. And that brings us to Miami, Iowa state. I, I have absolutely no idea here. Um, so I'll just, I, is Iowa state big 10? No, are they no, big, they're 12? big 12? Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Miami. As am I. I watched a okay. good portion of that Miami game. They look good. Um, That's another ten o'clock game, so I'm definitely going to miss that yeah. one. Um, they're all all in, all into the evening tomorrow evening. Um, so 
Purdue St. Peter's right at seven o'clock. So that one, that, that one will be end, ending um, right at a good time. Yeah, to catch the fun. end of that. As Saint, so no buzzer beaters yet. That's the that's the disappointing Ooh, thing yeah, for me. Good point. You know, the number one the number one thing I I look for is buzzer beaters and then upsets. So we have had no true buzzer beaters yet. Um, a couple of ones that rimmed out um, with final shots, but none that have gone in. So I'm, I would love to see like I don't know St. Peter's win on like a like a long three pointer. Oh, um, that'd be that so would be great. really fun. Yeah, that would be that terrific. would be really fun. Um, so, so our, our right side of the bracket is all the same now that we re, redid it, and we're just we disagree okay. on Gonzaga, Arkansas, Duke, Texas Tech, St. Peter's, Purdue. Okay, all right. So it's going to okay. come really come down to those three games. Yeah, and that buzzer yeah. beater St. Mary's is going to have is is really going to or St. Peter's is going to have is going to is going to it's just going to be great. <laughs> it's going to going to win this competition yeah. for you. Oh. All right, all right. Um, anything else? Um, we're, we're, um, you know, let's see. Kyrie Irving can now play home games. That's a big one. Oh yeah. That's, that's a big deal. You know, I, I thought it was funny that, um, you know, all season long, like, you know, obviously not all season long, there's been different waves and it's been more serious for New York city to have this vaccine mandate in place. Obviously cases are falling, hopefully permanently, maybe temporarily, but, um, as soon as it affects the Yankees and the Mets, it's like, well, I, I guess okay. we could exempt professional yeah. athletes. Uh, oh, so I got a, I got a, I got a question for you about that. Yeah. To what extent did this thing stay in place? Because it was like, we can't lose to Kyrie Irving. Do you think there was like, like conversations, like political, you know, we, we can't have Kyrie Irving beat us. I, I, I wonder if that, what was ever talked about at any point? Well, don't we have a contact in our fantasy baseball league in the department of? Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to talk about. We're gonna have to. We're gonna. We'll, have to ask we'll be talking. We'll, yeah, we'll have to reach out to our contact. Yeah. Um, and I completely agree with you. I think if Kyrie Irving was just unvaccinated and it was just like not a big deal and he didn't make a whole hullabaloo yes, about it. Right. And it was the Knicks. <laughs> I think it would have been changed. Um, yeah, it would, but, it would have gone away a long time ago, I think, or whenever yeah. things started to be lifted. The, right. the thing that I think sold it for me, like I, not to drive this into like a political conversation, like the consistency of the policies has always been something that has like, baffled me and when Kyrie Irving could attend the game maskless without a vaccine that's when it was like okay what are we doing here like right so he's allowed to be in the building at the game but he cannot play that that sort of didn't make any so like if he attended the point being if he attended Barclays as a spectator he would he would be fine, right? But he couldn't he couldn't right. participate in the game. That that's when it was like, all right, what are we doing here? And right because it was because it was an employee right. based right mandate, which you know I think kind of like as you said got he got kind of caught up in it. They're like, oh yeah, well it applies to employees, so it, you know it applies to you as well. And then you know it became a thing, and they're like, well we can't just 
back down. And I don't think the Nets have that kind of political leverage that the Yankees and Mets have where they're just like, you know, they can, <laughs> yeah, they can put the, their, their elbow on the scale in the right way to, to get that changed. Um, if this is, I don't know, say it's not Kyrie Irving say it was Steph Curry, would it have been, you know, so, not, not, or just like somebody that didn't have the reputation that Kyrie Irving has for sort of, I don't know, crackpot kind of, um, like, I'm not saying his perspective on any of this is crackpotish, but like, I think he's got that, like a reputation where, where people think that about him. Like, do you think it would have been um, different if it had been another player? I think they still, it still would have been in place. I don't think they would have repealed it at the beginning of the season. Like they do did with, um, baseball. Yeah. Um, I think the, the virus levels were different at that yeah. point, but I think it would have not lasted this long. Yeah. Um, the, you know, obviously they can put a carve out in there for, it's not like they dropped the whole thing. They just put a carve out in there for professional athletes and, oh yeah, we just put a carve out and, in there. And, and, and entertainers know. apparently. So like other, oh, entertainers can okay. go perform at, you can perform at Radio City if he wants. Um, ah, okay. yeah, it, so, it is interesting. Yeah. Once baseball season rolled around and became clear, there's, there's seems like there's a couple of unvaccinated Mets and Yankees. Um, now, now it changes. Yeah, exactly. It did, it didn't take long for that that to hit the news, and then less than a week later, oh yeah, you know what? It doesn't doesn't apply. Yeah, to to professional athletes anymore. And then it's like, oh guess, oh okay, Kyrie Irving too, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> like we didn't do this because of him, you know. Uh, we did this for public health right. reasons, but you know. That's well, sort of look out because when he plays, he's been. I don't know much, but I know he's scoring a lot of points. Uh, yeah. So he, he's this this change like. I think we talked about it and maybe, maybe um, we did or didn't, I don't remember, but the effect that the, um, that a law or political, you know, um, act can have on a sport uh, as I don't think I've, I had never seen anything like this because now Kyrie Irving can play in all of his games all of the playoff games, except unless they play Toronto, yeah. of course, um, it, it changes things completely. Like if they get out of the play-in, I, I mean, you, there's going to be some very All interesting right. matchups. You want to get you want to get sure. real weird? Uh, what stops the Philadelphia mayor from uh, instituting a vaccine mandate uh, for the city for three days when they're playing in the playoffs? I bet Philadelphia fans might wear might, might might start bringing their vaccination cards places just to just to see the Sixers win. That would be uh, <laughs> talk about talk about chaos. I mean, you know, I think <laughs> that would be a uh, hysterically spiteful thing for yeah. Philadelphia to do, and I would <laughs> I, I would love it. I would love every minute of they, it. They were talking They're about like, that on the okay. radio today, like. Yeah. <laughs> Boston can institute the mask or the vaccine mandate whenever they want. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Just oh, all of a sudden, there's another wave. I guess we got to do that right during the yeah. first round of playoffs. Um, you know, I I think it's it's. Uh, I would love it. It would be hilariously petty, um, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm sure it would it would keep podcasts and sport sports talk radio alive for, for years. For, oh, at that point, man. yeah. yeah centuries like just power like the power of the takes would just the the they would 
it would just go on take power rather than than uh, electricity Absolutely. for years. Um, yeah. All right, and then the other thing I had, what do you? What's your thought on um, the the new? I guess we're calling it the Shoei Otani rule, or like maybe we would call it the Wainwright rule. Um, that <laughs> you can designate your pitcher as your DH as well. And when they come out of the game as a pitcher, they can continue as a hitter. I mean, I think it makes sense to me. It's allowed for, for... in every other level of baseball, pretty much. Right. Except okay. for, yeah, except and... for uh, the American League as of last year. Like, okay. that's po- it's doable in at least... When when I was playing in college, it was doable in college. It was it's doable in high school. I mean, it's it seems like a rational rule, right? And I think it's rational. And I think especially if you have a player like Otani, who is a, a like you want to market this star, you don't want to have your rules take him out of the game prematurely. Yeah, right. Like if you want to let him get as many at bats as he can when he's in the game. So, um, and I think fantasy players have been dealing with Shoyotani hitter, Shoyotani pitcher for so long now that uh, it just makes sense to kind of split him in two yeah. <laughs> um, as far as the roster is concerned as well. Yeah. It just makes sense. I, I yeah. think it, it, it's a, uh, it, and, and it's not, to me, it's not the Shoyotani rule or the, the Wainwright rule. It's like, it just, it's, it's a good rule. It should, it should have been implemented forever ago. Um, so yeah, it doesn't mean a team has to use it. It just means it's no, of course not. So yeah, um, exactly. So, I mean, how many pitchers are going to be your DH? I mean, besides Otani, I don't know how, how many other times do you think a pitcher will DH this season uh, for this the whole season for, for the, in the starting line? I don't think that's going to happen once, but I do think that, kids get like as they go through college they're put into either the pitcher box or the hitter box and perhaps that won't happen as much right you see guys drafted that can do both um it'd be interesting to see right who the next guy that comes along uh after otani that can actually do both um but and now with this rule change i think that possibility is more fruitful um and it'll be i mean it's exciting to see those guys so they should embrace that and they have does that make sense yeah so i i I couldn't uh i couldn't agree more so all right that that's all that i would want to ask you about those so okay all right um so are you watching this um golf uh bracket What's it called? The, the match uh, play. I haven't been. Yeah. Um, just yeah. I've been getting home so late this week, but um, I, I, um, I would like to you know pop on the golf channel and, and give it a look. Yeah. So they they have embraced the March Madness with bracket with their own bracket, and um, they are um, match play sixty four um, players. Um, it's kind of coming cool. down to, yeah, which is which is a cool idea. Well, it, uh, cool different thing. It's what I would like there to sort of be at the end of the golf season when they do this ridiculous, like this FedEx cup points thing where like they slowly whittle the field. And then they have the last tournament where whoever's rated number one gets like starts it at minus 12. 
And it's almost right. like I'd rather see somehow a, a bracket where whoever, you know, if Justin Thomas is, is the number one golfer, then he's paired with whoever number 64 is, and he's got to go beat him. Maybe not necessarily match play, but strokes play. Um, right. And then it whittles down to 32. Like, and then the last, the last tournament of the year is maybe four guys um, battling it out, you know, or whatever. Like, I, I feel like that's what golf is missing at the end and the way they're doing it. It doesn't really feel right. I don't know that that's the answer either. Like what I just proposed, but it's at least cool that it's being tried or is happening now. I actually love that idea. I know. I love like, it too. You get, you, you get, I mean, they could even go to 128 um, because they could play, you know, uh, three rounds over one weekend and get down to, you know, whatever, three from that is and then have the next weekend be the like final right um you know the final whatever uh 32 um would be at that point um and then i like i like the you know because i think sometimes uh match play is a little bit harder to follow um who's up and who's down but if you just do the strokes and like say hey like so-and-so's at minus five other guys at minus three like you know, he's two strokes behind. It's very easy to understand. Yeah. So they play, they play 18 and whoever has the best score moves on. Or they play the whole it. weekend. They play the 72, you know, whole, whatever it is. Like they, right. they call it the FedEx cup playoffs and it's not playoffs at all. It's like, right. it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just this weird thing where magically yeah. some golfer starts with 12 strokes under par and like, it's only the final tournament where that happens. It's none of the other ones. Right. So I, yeah. I don't know. I, I know they're trying something, uh, and it's new for the in the last few years. But it just it's doesn't something about it doesn't feel right. Yeah, I, I would I would love that 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 matchup based thing. That would be really be cool. Fun. All right, well let's um, let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's 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 speak it into that. existence. Yep, let's send that in. Um. All right. So I know what what's on my schedule. Um. So I will speak that into existence. Um, Do it. There's obviously other other things going on. This master play, um, tennis, Miami Open, I believe. If you like, if you like that, NBA has like less than ten games left. Um, so uh, we're coming into the landing on a lot of different things this week. But the official call of the podcast is: keep your eyes glued to the Sweet Sixteen this weekend. And keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. And we will talk to you next week. See you later. Yeah. Elite Elite Eight also has a a pretty good name. Um, Final Four obviously has a very good name. The round of 32 is a terrible name. Um, The first round is good. That one's fine. I always thought Um, it should be called the Starting 64 or something like that. Oh. That's not is, is Is there a T that we can, alliteration that we can do with... 32. I guess it would really have to be a TH yeah, word to really uh, make it thrifty. Thirsty 32? Thirsty. Yeah. Like thirsty Thursday? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I need to, we're gonna, I need to find more Wordle to, to get my TH. Uh,